Hey, just when your bug had started to wane, Hugh has a huge day and hires two monsters to add to his off-the-field recruiting staff, and we're going to talk about it. It's episode 19 of the Top Button Podcast. Get buttoned because we're about to have some fun. I'm Charlie Five, and I'm here to uh, bug out and talk about these two huge hires we had today. But before we do that, we want to give a shout-out to Ford Stokes at Active Wealth Management. You guys have been tweeting at me, uh, comments in the uh, YouTube videos and things like that, asking question, more questions about Active Wealth Management. Uh, we really appreciate that. But look, you got everybody has these Acorn accounts and all these different types of trading platforms and things you use, and you ha- you don't pay attention to the fees outrageous fees uh, that those things charge. Look, reach out to Ford, activewealth.com, and he can show you how different ways to minimize fees in your investing. That's one of the things that he is, you know, that's his That's his thing, okay? So reach out to him, tell him more eagle. You can bug out and save and grow together uh, as well. So give a shout out to Ford at activewealthmanagement at activewealth.com. And uh, he'll help you out. All right. So off the field recruiting staffs have become the thing in college football. They're becoming more and more like NFL uh, staffs, honestly, NFL personnel staffs. You got GMs, you got uh, scouting, you got all kinds of stuff. Uh, And Auburn in 2010, the whole recruiting operation and on field coaches was just 15 coaches. Now there's going to be over 25 different off-the-field staff, just off-the-field staff, not even counting the coaches. So these hires are becoming more and more critical because with the like the evolving way that you have to like run a program and be a head coach with the transfer portal, recruiting your own roster analyzing the portal, scouting the portal, and then the high school aspect, you just can't do it with just your your on-field staff anymore. you got to have uh, the big off-the-field staff personnel as well. And Hugh went out and hired what may be the, mo- the biggest hire that he's made, maybe since he's been at Auburn. Okay, I'm a little bit biased. Okay, I'm a little bit biased because I have been in love with this guy uh, – as since like early 2000, uh, the two early 2010s, like I, I caught, I kind of caught wind of him, um, and, and, and the things that he does in the Atlanta area around 2012, 13, 14, he was hired, uh, as sort of like a recruiting liaison at Grayson High School from 14 to 2018. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too, but Kenyatta Watson. Uh, just an absolute Atlanta Metro region high school legend uh, is coming on aboard uh, at Auburn, uh, coming on aboard to Hughes uh, off the field staff as a director of, let's see, I believe it's something like scouting and uh, recruiting research and strategy is what his title will be. So he's going to be in this gigantic recruiting department, and you're going to be adding a guy. If there's one weakness that you could really point to on this uh, Auburn staff, this Auburn recruiting staff, I would say, honestly, it's Atlanta area connections. 
I mean, you just go top down, look at the whole roster. We have guys that recruit Georgia, but we just didn't have a lot of Georgia guys. And there could be no bigger Georgia guy than adding Kenyatta Watson uh, to this staff. In 2021, he put out a tweet. Uh, he had not gotten his first college job yet. Uh, and he just said, hey, if anybody – this is when – this is when off-the-field staffs were really starting to be built. And he put out a tweet, hey, all I need is a shot, and I'm going to be a, you know, I'll be a star. And I remember talking about it. I posted it on one of the message boards. I was like, man, if if Auburn could ever figure out a way to get this guy. And I think they're at, at that point in time, there were some communications. Remember, this is around the Brian Harson. This is the Brian Harson era. I think there were some people that were trying to make it happen, and it just ended up not not happening at that point in time. Uh he, he tweeted, if, if I just get a shot, and then that was like in February of 2021, and then by July, he got offered a position uh, in the recruiting uh, department at Florida State. So that was where he got his first gig uh, as a um, on the college level. Uh, and then eventually, uh, one year later, Georgia Tech comes calling, that's his home, and also he had a son – who uh, Kenyatta Watson the second or junior or the second? I don't. I'm not sure how which what what he actually goes by. He actually signed with Texas out of high school, transferred to Georgia Tech. So that's where he's been. He's been home. He's been in the heart of Atlanta uh, for the last two years. And I mean, we actually have had some battles with Georgia Tech. One in particular, an offensive lineman that we lost. So there, Georgia Tech's com, uh, recruiting for for Georgia Tech has gotten a, gotten a lot more competitive um not necessarily i'm not saying that's all because of kenyatta watson but you got to give him uh at least some credit for being a part of that sort of rebuild that brent key has done after taking over that uh you know that job there at georgia tech so we go out we bring him in he's fired up uh will redmond has already our our gm or player personnel he's already retweeted it so it's pretty much official that he's going to be here he's changed his profile picture on twitter He's uh, changed his um, cover photo to Auburn. And I didn't realize this, but he, I, I think I remember it now that I tweeted a lot about him a, a long time ago before I ever really ever thought he would be a, uh, you know, an option at Auburn. And I remember, I, I, I vaguely remember him following me and in my head, I thought that might mean that he could be coming to Auburn, but it ended up not happening. So I remembered, hey, I think he follows me. Shot him a DM, said he was – I said, you know, I'm fired up. I've been fired up about you since twenty, at least 2021. Uh, and he said back, I'm on a mission. That was, that was his all caps, I'm on a mission. If that doesn't get you jacked, if that doesn't get your bug up to level 10, uh, I don't know what will. So let's talk about a, a little bit about why he – like who he is and, and why he's so – what I feel is important to this off the field recruiting staff. So uh, just take his, his, his time at Grayson high school. So from 2014 to 2018, I don't know the exact title, but essentially he was the head of uh, recruiting for Grayson. You know, that may sound, you know, a little bit fishy on the high school level, but it was more so getting his high school players scholarships at the next level and at Grayson high school if you remember like all of a sudden it was like five star after five star after five star one class they had Owen Popo 
Wanya Morris. Uh, they had Kenyatta Watson, his son, who was a high four-star. And then there was another a, a linebacker that went to Alabama. It, and it seemed like every single year it was just five-star after five-star after five-star. In five years, he got uh, 120 football players scholarships. I don't know that if all of them were D1. I think it was just scholarships in general. 120. Think about your high school, okay? Think about your high school that you grew up in. Now, I understand Atlanta's big. Atlanta high schools are a lot, probably a lot bigger than some of the schools that you know you and I uh, visited. My graduating class was like 83, okay? So I'm sure there was there was some there's some schools in Atlanta. Grayson probably graduates probably close to you know probably close to a thousand kids, maybe maybe you know somewhere in between 800 and a thousand. So uh, that may not seem Incredibly, that may, that number may not see seem way high to you, but 120 guys that averages to about almost 25 players per year getting a D one scholarship or getting a scholarship to play football at the next level. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. That's that is that is, and, and you got to think there's so many people that are so loyal to him for being able to market them to colleges uh, to get them those scholarships. You got to understand, you got to know that there's, there's loyalties all over uh, the state of Georgia. Uh, and, and he was a big part of that. I mean, 20, 25 kids. I mean, when one fourth, essentially one fourth of your team, probably probably dress somewhere around a hundred. If one fourth of your team is going to play at the next level, that's incredible. That's incredible. And, and he is, he is a big part of that. Another thing that he did in Atlanta, he ran, he was sort of the point man for a lot of these middle school, transition to high school, Under Armour camp type things where, where he could kind of, or he would come in and, and pick out guys that he thought were going to be, you know, great. He would host these camps and, and sort of put them in the right, put put the right people in the right places as far as, Getting them to the right, you know, making sure they were they were taken care of and things like that. To make a long story short, there's not a player in Atlanta, there is not a player in Atlanta or surrounding counties that is good that is any good that Kenyatta Watson does not know about. Now, then, and forevermore. Okay, you're taught. I mean, this this is this is your weakness fulfilled like exponentially through this one guy. Like it, he is he is equivalent to probably two or three different hires in, in Atlanta based off of the connection that he has. It's absolutely incredible. I have been dreaming for this guy <laughs> to be added to the staff. I'm going to tweet out one of my posts uh, for everybody to see. I, I mean, back in, like I said, back in 2001, I, I said, if anybody gives this dude a shot, he is going to absolutely kill it in recruiting, and he has. He killed it at Florida State. He's helped turn around Georgia Tech in almost no time. And the cool thing about it is Georgia Tech's home, man. Georgia Tech is his – that's his That's his territory. That's downtown Atlanta. I mean, that's every one of those powerhouse uh, high schools are like within, you know, walking distance almost. Not techni- not not walking distance, but, I mean, you, don't, you understand what I'm saying. Just a short drive from campus to these places. And he leaves that to come to Auburn. I think it's cool, and and I'm wondering because Will Redmond tweeted about it. That means obviously it's official, so that we can we can talk about it, and, and it's about as official as it is until, you know, without Auburn University tweeting it out. But uh, 
but for Will to to be the one of the first ones to put that out there, it makes me wonder how that that it makes me think that Will was very involved in this. And that's another thing about Will Redmond about this GM position that that a lot of people don't understand is they don't just recruit. They don't just work the portal. A lot of them handle coaching hires outside of like your on the field coaches. Like they're the ones that builds out the the staff underneath them. They're the ones that handles all that that but so the coach doesn't have to. So Hugh's not in the middle of it, but I th- I'm sure there was Hugh had some involvement and and you got, ultimately he's going to get credit for it because he hired Will Redmond. If if it was 100% Will Redmond, Hugh hired Will Redmond away from LSU. So regardless, that's also cool to me to see uh, Will Redmond involved because I don't I don't want to act like I'm a know it all. I mean I know I'm I pretend that I'm a know it all, but I don't actually know it all. Uh, but to see another guy kind of see some of the similar things that you see. It's on our staff. It, 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 I don't know. It, it kind of feels cool. It feels cool to have somebody that sort of see, maybe see some of the things that you see, uh, and, and then they can they actually have the ability to go make it happen. So I'm, I mean, I'm trying to keep it calm right now. Like y'all don't understand how big of a hire this is uh, for Auburn. You do not understand the impact. Like day one, honestly, just the tweet of him him being involved with Auburn without even him having to make calls or anything is absolutely uh, massive. Georgia Tech, those guys, there's, you know, there's not even like the coping type stuff on, on their message boards. I'm reading some of their message boards now. All of them are like, man, we loved him. We loved Kenyatta. That was a huge loss. Hope that he can be replaced. Stuff like that. You, you're not getting the copium type stuff from from the Georgia Tech side. You're getting the straight up like, man, we really, you know, we missed we're, – we're going to miss that guy. He's going to be tough to replace. So, uh, I personally cannot wait uh, for him to get here, get working. Um, I think he's going to – I just think you're going to see the fruits. There's so many kids in that – up that I-85 corridor now that you you got to feel like you have a huge boost uh, in the recruiting with. So, um, again – one of the weaknesses on this staff, I feel like, was probably Georgia connections, and you just you just solved it. You just solved it and some with with Kenyatta Watson. So I'm fired up. Uh, I hope you guys are too because he is going to be um, a monster. And he's just a he just if if you if you've ever watched any videos about him or if you ever done any research, he's just energetic, just a fun guy. Uh, and I can't. I, I'm so happy for the players that, that get to be around him uh, as well, as well as the recruiting and, and all that whole aspect of it too. So, big props to pulling that one off. Um, I know that one turned some heads. That one, that one turned some heads and said, "Oh, okay, they're 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 serious. They are they are se- absolutely serious." Uh, Auburn is no joke right now. Hugh Freeze is going to make this thing. He is going to absolutely battle on, on the recruiting trail, and this is uh, this was a big, this was a big, big pro for us. Uh, adding Kenyatta Watson, another hire that was made today. Uh, I'm you're re- listening to this on Thursday. Uh, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Another big hire that 
has not officially been announced in any capacity. It was it was sort of a source thing, um, but I'm starting to see a lot of activity from the school that this guy's coming from uh, that sort of signifies to me that it, it's probably pretty legit and we're just sort of waiting on uh, an official announcement. But in, when he was at Ole Miss, his director of recruiting, Maurice Harris, was his go-to guy for, for recruiting. He led the – I mean, he was the one – he managed the board, the, the recruiting boards, the, the assignments, everything to do it with during the greatest period of recruiting in the history of Ole Miss football, Maurice Harris. And it's word starting to come out that he has been hired in an off-the-field analyst role uh, at Auburn, which is another absolutely massive Massive hire, and it's a massive hire on multiple, uh, multiple levels. Okay, so number one, Hugh wanted to get Maurice. Uh, Hugh wanted to get Maurice in last off season. The rec- the calendar for when a new coach is hired is just insane. It's pedal to the metal. You gotta you gotta make stuff happen. You gotta make decisions a lot of times without really vetting it all the way out. And for whatever reason. He wanted Maurice Harris, but we couldn't make it happen at that point in time. But uh, he's got him in. Uh, he's he's got him in. Seemingly got him in now. Uh, this past off season, he was the acting offensive coordinator at Jacksonville State. Uh, so, not just we're not just bringing in just a hired gun, a mercenary recruiter. This guy's a football coach. He is an incredible recruiter, but this guy is a football coach. Okay. He was his, he was the offensive coordinator. So he called plays at Jacksonville State. Their offense was number four in the SWAC in, in scoring. They were number one in total offense. And here's the big numbers. Okay. Number two in receiving and number two in passing. Okay. Why is that important? Because Maurice is more than likely going to be sort of like a number one assistant for Marcus Davis at wide receivers. I think that's that was a big goal in the offseason. Let's bring in a, a seasoned position coach that can be sort of uh, a guide to Marcus Davis because Marcus is already a phenomenal recruiter. You just look at his class that he just brought in. And if you compare him with another great recruiter and then a guy who knows how Hugh wants to run his offense, he was Hugh's wide receiver coach at Liberty. Uh, and I think maybe like a co-OC or something like that. So a guy that knows how he wants to – another guy that knows how he wants to run his offense and can recruit uh, like a madman, and you pair him up with Marcus Davis, like holy cow, holy cow. So you look at some of these moves that are made, and again, I I, I want to kind of summarize this again. I kind of briefly glossed over it, but, you know, he was hired – on like November 29th uh, of 2022, you had signing day like less than three weeks away. Then you had the portal open up. Then you had another signing day. Then you had another portal open up. And everything had to be done so quickly. And there's a lot of guys that Hugh really wanted to, that, that probably had to be vetted, had to be sort of, um, vetted through the SEC, vetted through uh, through Auburn and things like that, and you just did not have the time. We just didn't have the time to make that happen before uh, you know all those 
before you had to, you know, were signing classes and, and bringing in portal guys for portal visits and stuff like that. And so you've had a whole calendar year and off season and several portal opportunities to see where your deficiencies are on the staff. And it's what seem what it, what it seems like is Hugh has made sure that okay I've identified the weaknesses um, and I think Portal was one of them and I've hired a, a true GM and I've got recruiting gurus everywhere on this off the field staff I've found my weaknesses and you know you could look at court uh, both coordinator positions I've got my offensive side figured out now i got the triangle of q ken austin and Derek nix you know and now i got you know maurice harris that can help uh help marcus davis i got this i got my offensive side figured out i got the defensive side figured out and i've got my off the field stuff figured out now and these aren't just like these are big boy moves i mean will redmond was like the 2022 often uh, off the field <laughs> off the field recruiting guy of the year. You know, he's the one that I, I talked about. I did a whole show about it. You know, came into LSU with 45 – when LSU had 45 scholarship players put together a roster and they won the SEC in one year. That's, I mean, a guy that just – this is this is his whole thing is this roster management, uh, portal uh, analyzation, portal acquisition, stuff like that. That is what he's – that's his that's – his, only thing he he does he'll never coach wide receivers he'll never worry about necessarily uh drumming up an offense or, or running an offense or a defense his his thing is i know what he wants i know how he wants to execute his offense i know how he wants to execute his defense i'm gonna go find the guys that can fit those places and put them in front of the coaches to to go to go basically just go get what a fun job that's got to be. And then you got your bird dogs, Kenyatta Watson, and you got your your other dogs, Maurice Harris, backing up your already super strong uh on the field staff, uh recruiting staff. I mean, I I know that I'm a, a homer, okay? I know that I bug, but this is the most exciting recruiting staff that that I honestly can remember at, at Auburn. Like, and I know it's a different era, and I know it's a different game, but it's really hard to pinpoint a weakness. It really, really is hard to pinpoint a weakness on on the staff from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, I think you're about to enter a possible an era of recruiting that Auburn's not seen uh, maybe ever, but definitely. Um, it's been a long, long time since they've. You're you're going to see probably results uh, that I feel like you'll see uh, that we've seen in a long time. So, again, man, what a time! It it, it is. I, I was blown away. I, I kind of expected the Maurice Harris hired. The Kenyatta Watson has come out of nowhere. That kind of came out of nowhere. I had no clue whatsoever. And uh, when he sent me that DM that said, "I'm on a mission." Uh, he put out another cryptic tweet uh, this morning going back and looking at it that said something like, hey, if you're going to take a shot, you better not miss. Uh, and I, I'm I'm wondering, I'm, I really want to know what's the story behind that. Like, was there, um, was there some other teams that were trying to get him away and weren't as serious? 
uh, at Auburn, or is there some teams that you know maybe told him, you know, you know, oh maybe next year, or or, or, or just didn't give him, you know maybe not taking him as serious. I don't know. I don't know what it means. But all I know is he put that out. Hey, he says today he's I've, – I've seen him say, if you're going to take a shot, you better hit, and I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission, and he's coming to Auburn. He changed already changed all his stuff to Auburn. So uh, we're going to have some fun. Uh, it's going to be some fun recruiting times uh, over the next several several months and hopefully – even longer than that. Kenyatta's a guy too that you could you could bring in and teach and, and him move up and become you know like a second in command uh behind a Will Redmond and maybe eventually you know take over. So uh and then Maurice Harris is another guy who is right there. And if you have an issue with with a coach or or you know Marcus uh, Marcus Davis gets a promotion somewhere as an offensive coordinator. You could slide him right in there at wide receiver coach and, and not miss a beat, and then go find somebody to you know fill his shoes, um, fill his shoes off the field. I love Trevon Reed. Okay, so this doesn't mean anything negative towards him. Okay, he took a huge promotion that left a huge hole uh, in the off the field staff, and you just filled it with, <laughs> with Maurice Harris and Kenyatta Watson. Unbelievable, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable job by Hugh. So uh, definitely, definitely um, crank up the bug over that. So uh, before we talk about basketball, I want to give a shout out to plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON for 10% off. Stop shopping at big box stores. Stop storing it away in your pantry. Uh, this stuff that sits there for months and it's just, you know, it is, it, it just is what it is when you put it in. It's not like it's, it's, I'm, I drink coffee because that's a habit. Drink coffee because you love it and because it tastes good. And that's what you're going to get at plainscoffee.com. They got blends for everybody. They got dark blends, light blends, uh, medium, uh, medium roast, everything. And then if you don't like those, uh, you can, they got teas too. So if you want some hot tea, I don't. I like cold sweet tea, but if you like hot tea, they got hot tea too. Uh, use coupon code button take ten percent off. All right, basketball season. Um, admittedly, it's Valentine's Day. I'm recording this a little bit before the Auburn uh, South Carolina game is going to end, so this isn't going to be a recap about the game. Auburn's up ten, uh, up nine points. About eleven minutes left in the first half. They're looking pretty good, shooting pretty good, playing good defense. Um, it's not necessarily about tonight's game, but more about um, some, I guess, some bracketology talk uh, and and what maybe the outlook for the rest of the season is, and you know, postseason and stuff like that. So, if you're if you follow along with uh, Joe Lenardi, bracketology on ESPN, Auburn has been constantly hovering around a three and four seed uh, in the tournament, and a lot of that's based off of how they uh, project the season to finish. They're looking at Auburn's schedule and, you know, the ESPN predictor, uh, predicting analytics and things like that. And then they're just kind of trying to project how they feel like the season will end. And right now, at the most current uh, most current bracket that was released on uh, the 13th has us as a three seed. And I think he does a little bit more live stuff, but um, – the current that one I, the the most current one that I see has us at a at a three seed, which I think would be absolutely incredible. I I, I love the three seed. I think that's um, it's kind of 
it's not too it's not too easy and it's not too tough at the same time. So I like have I like being a three seed. It looks like if over the next, you know, I guess we have seven games left, I believe. Like I said, we got the South Carolina game, then we play Kentucky, then we actually have a bye week. We have an off midweek. Um, and then we go and we play Georgia away. Let's see, we have we have exactly let's see one, two, three, six games left. Okay. So uh counting this one. So seven games, uh seven games counting the one that's playing right now where Auburn's up eleven. Um if it seems like they're sort of projecting that we're, we may lose two out of those next six, which I don't think is necessarily too unfair. That'd be 13 and five in the conference, probably puts you somewhere in third or fourth uh, in the conference, which is not terrible. It's a, the top half of this conference. The top five teams in this conference are all really, really good basketball teams. It gives you a one seed uh, in the SEC tournament. Um, I'm sorry, not a one seed. It gives you a, 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 a two-day buy, like you're a buy all the way to the end, probably be the third or fourth seed overall. But that, again, again, this, the way this, this season's played out, we could, we could lose two games or we could, you know, lose one or maybe lose none. Like we're, I think this team has the ability and at times can, can beat anybody. Um, but I think if you, if you're just, if you're looking at the way, you know, the, the experts and things like that are kind of projecting us, uh, it looks like we might, if we can pull this one out tonight and and, and hang on, um, it looks like that, you know, that Georgia game could be testy, but you do get a whole week off to prepare for that one, which that you saw what happened with Florida, having a whole week off to prepare for Auburn, uh, what that can do. So having a whole week off to play, to prepare for Georgia on the road, I think that's really big. Also give us a chance to rest. I know it stinks that we don't get a midweek game next week, but man, how valuable is that going to be? Uh, for these guys to sort of recharge, uh, kind of recharge themselves over the week, it'd be huge uh, going into Georgia, and then you got to play at Tennessee. Luckily, that's a midweek game. I, th- I think still it's going to be, you know, a rowdy crowd, but maybe less than if it were like a Saturday primetime, you know, where everybody could be off work, out of class, you know, and everything. Maybe you're out of town, folks can't. So it's it's a, a little bit more local crowd. Uh, you never know. You never know. They're going to be tough. I, I I still feel like they're probably the best, or if not the second best team in the conference. So you got those two games, and then your March is very manageable. You got Mississippi State at home, uh, which I just don't feel like. Uh, I don't feel like you're going to see. I, I, Auburn's just such a different team on the road, and we played a really terrible game there. I just don't feel like uh, you lose that game. You play Missouri, who I don't think is still still has not won in conference, and you play Georgia at home which at home you should beat their eyes out uh, nine times out of ten. So if you can get by these next two games, uh, Kentucky, game day at home, and then you take your week off and you knock off Georgia, you could you got a real good shot at, you know, 14-4 and four at worst, which could give you, really could give you a at least a maybe a share uh, of, a, of a regular season title, which would be incredible because – I feel like people take those for granted. I feel like you take people don't really look so much so so hard at um, at regular season titles because I, I, I and Broom just hit a three. He's he's shooting incredible from the you know incredible from three in conference. But I feel like people don't take regular season titles seriously enough. 
the banners are a big deal. Banners are a big deal. And if you can win these next two, take your week off, knock off Georgia, that's got that puts you in a really good spot to hang another banner. And then who knows what happens uh, in the postseason. I really like this team as a tournament team. Um, be, you don't necessarily have that go-to shooter, but you're very efficient in offense. You're, you're, you're very efficient per possession, when it uh, per offensive possession on offense, whether it's from three, from two. However, uh, you're just in a very efficient offense, and you're an incredibly efficient defense. And typically when you have two – when you're, when you're extremely highly ranked uh, on both sides of the ball – uh, you are built to make a run in the tournament. So that's why I love the three seed. It kind of gives you a sort of should be a layup first game and then a second game where, um, you know, the second game is you, you have a six seed and an, uh, six 12, I believe. And there's, or yeah, six 12. And there's always seemingly, uh, always seemingly, or maybe it's six 11, six 11. There's always seemingly those upsets. Uh, there's always seemingly one of those upsets. So you could get an 11 seed. Uh, you, but if not, your consolation prize is a six seed. Um, and that would just be, you know, obviously fantastic if if if, uh, if we could hang on and, and, and come in uh, at one of those three seeds. Four seed wouldn't be terrible. If you lose two or three games, uh, two or three more games, you're probably looking at a four seed. Um, I think the goal would be uh, the, the, the best you could probably be is a two seed. But I'm looking at – I think three seed is probably our sweet spot, which, I, I would again, I'd be absolutely um, ecstatic. So, um, let's, let's hang in there and hold on to this victory, and hopefully we're celebrating in the morning over this one. It looks like we're up 13 right now with about eight minutes left. Uh, I was kind of shocked that this game was a 12-point spread. Uh, that seemed um, – you know, South Carolina's only I think lost two conference games, so two or three conference games. So they're 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 solid. They're a solid team, ranked ranked really high. I mean, this is probably the biggest ranked matchup of the night, uh, maybe of the week. And uh, we're a twelve point favorite at home. Neville's just a uh, a black hole for visiting teams. You just you come in to take a beating in Neville Arena. So uh, huge football hires uh, start looking at this organizational chart look on this this football staff learn these titles man because this is the future of football this is the future of college football roster management off the field staffs so those are going to start being just as big a names that you need to get to know as it is you're on the field coaching uh on on the field coaching guys uh and we hired two of the biggest maurice harris Offensive coordinator from Jackson State is now coming to be an, an, an a successful offensive coordinator, coming to be an analyst at Auburn and a recruiting guru. And then you hire Mr. ATL. Mr. ATL. More people know Kenyatta Watson than Ludacris. I'm telling you, uh, in Atlanta, he's that he's that much big of a, he's that big of a deal. So uh, get fired up, get the book going. Let's have a great weekend. Let's beat Kentucky. Show up for game day. Get crunk, uh, and then let's talk about it next week and, and have and have a blast. So, guys, thanks again for listening. It's episode 19 of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned. <laughs>